about self in, in this conversation, it's like, it's like the small s, not the universal self. Yeah? Not the oneness of all, oneness, but that's the small s. And uh, I don't even like to give it the term of self. I think it's too much credit because that, that assumes that there's a thing called self. I call it selfing, which is an activity, a mental process. When you were born for at least the first 16 months, selfing wasn't happening, yeah? The brain had to develop to produce a sense of self. And then we grew into that interpretation of life, and we grew out of the wonder and awe that childhood had had for us and the immediacy of things. And, you know, like when you go to the beach, let's say if we had a little young kid here, and he came and, and he was coming around a corner and he went like this, he would laugh, right? And you did it 20 times, he would do, he'd laugh. Or if you went to the beach with a Labrador and you threw a ball, you, you know, it will keep catching that ball till your arm throws, falls off, yeah? And every time it comes, its tail will be wagging just like the first time. And it will be as eager as at the 800 pitch than the first pitch, yeah? But then as we get older, it's like something happens, oh, I know that, Yeah? We've neutered freaking a lot of stuff in our life by knowing. Yeah, it's almost like freeze drying life. It's like a slight move from the pulse of being into an interpretation of life. Yeah, and then from the, in that seeming shift, it not, doesn't actually happen. It can only appear to be happening. Yeah, it needs a you to be appearing to be happening too. That's the selfing. So, but when it appears to be happening that way. What happens is the life gets replaced by an interpretation. Yeah? And that interpretation, if you look at your own thought system, see how your thought system presents you. When you're thought about, how are you thought about? Are you thought about as a spirit or are you pictured as a body? So when the thought system says you, what does that you imply? Is it, does, it, does it imply a spirit and a... And a uh, in a ethereal no place, or does it imply a body? So every time the, th- the thought system is talking about you or me, it's talking about a body, yes? Look at, all right, so now look at the thought system again. You can, all you need is a little snippet of it. You'll see the themes of the thought system. You don't need to have tons of research. You just see how the thought system works, and it continually works that way. Yeah? All right, so what does the thought system value? Does the thought system value now, or does it value the past or the future more? Are most of your thoughts about the past and the future, or are they about now? Now, the thoughts are happening now, but they're very rarely about now. They're, rare, they're usually about there and then, okay? So, if the thought system is navigating our life, is an interpret, interpreting our life, and you just look at those two little examples that it's based in the past and the future, yeah, and it takes you as a body, you're basically behind an eight ball already. Because now, let's say you have an urge to become spiritual, you're going to attempt to become spiritual as a body, and the brain is part of the body, yeah? And so you're going to try to become spiritual as a material thing. Good luck, really. You're going to try to graft on spirituality, and as you know, it doesn't seem to take hold good. You have to keep doing more and more of it. You go to a a one-day retreat, then it's a 10-day retreat, then it's a month retreat, then it's a month retreat with silence and then talking, and a month retreat with silence, talking, and therapy, gourmet food, this and that, on and on and on and on. 
But let's, so here it is. The thought system thinks about you as a body, and it, pres- and it thinks about you as a body in the past and the future. Yes or no? You go with that? It's not a big, it's not a big metaphysical leap. It's just pragmatism. You look at it and see how it works. Yeah. All right, so the thought system pictures me as a body, and it pictures me as a body three years ago, and it's picturing me as a body next week. And it's concerned about what's going to happen to me. And it's very, very interested in what happened to me. Yeah? Now, it usually wouldn't go that far it was, if it was about any other you, except for the you that's crowned me. Yeah? The me, the idea of that it's me is what causes our interest to go, go back into the past and go back into the future. And where does it seemingly leave the only place it can be enriching, which is now? Yeah? When your interest and attention is moved from here into there and then, it's used by a mental process called selfing to bond you to this idea of being a self. Yeah? When it's here and it's free to be here, it enriches your life. Yeah? Because it's mining what sat or what is this today? Sunday? It's mining what Sunday has to offer. The only mine you're pulling out of yesterday and tomorrow, right, is dead fucking ore. There's nothing, you, it can't be used. You just build an edifice of your own little appearance. It's all about you. And that you isn't what you are. Yeah? So here's the thought system. It thinks about you in the past. Yes? And by thinking about you in the past, what happens? It remembers you. Yeah? Where does the remembering occur? Yeah, but where does it occur? In, does it occur in the past? Or does it occur now? Here, it occurs now. Exactly. So when you're remembering three years ago, you're not remembering three years ago. You're remembering yourself now, pictured three years ago. Yeah. And so let's say your thought system is now all about you next week. Let's say just Friday. Let's or let's say 2015. Now, it's thinking about you, like, I may have cancer, 2015, you know, I'll probably be divorced, I'm not even married yet, but I'll be divorced by then, and all these things are going to fall upon me that usually aren't good, you're not usually a very optimistic uh, forecaster, yeah? <laughs> so, it's all going to be about you, and it's not going to be too good about the you, usually, Yeah? So now you're thinking about you in the future, but what's actually happening is you're remembering you now. Yeah? Remembrance isn't just going one way. You're remembered by thinking about you in the future, and you're remembered by thinking about you in the past. The sense of self isn't so. Yeah? Sense of self isn't so. There isn't a thing called Paul. When you were a baby until about 16 months or 17 months, there was no sense of self being produced. Yeah? It had, the brain had to develop to a sufficient point where it could produce a sense of self. So you have already experienced the freedom from self in your life. Already. Yeah? So, okay, so now the think thought system. So I'm here now, but my mind is thinking about where I was yesterday and how great it was, and this probably is going to suck today here and God, or whatever it may be thinking, yeah? And because it's about me, I'm pictured there, there's a lot of interest about it, yeah? If it was you, I'd be bored stiff, yeah? But if it's me, I'm incredibly enticing, it's very enticing to think about me, but I can't stand hearing about you, 
three years ago and five years from now. <laughs> You've got to see it. You've got to see what's the bonding agent. The bonding, well, hopefully I'll point it out to you and maybe it'll hit you. So here it goes. So I'm thinking about me in the past and I'm thinking about me in the future. Where am I being remembered? Now. Exactly. That's the bondage of self. The self isn't so, but it can seem to be so. How does it get to be seen? How can it get to seem to be so where it isn't so? It's remembered that it was so, and it's being remembered that it will be so, therefore it is so. That's its crazy logic. I was there, I will be there, therefore I am here. So if you're doing something you love, like for me being in the ocean, surfing, at that point, because you're engaged in life, even at all, every time I've done a talk, it happens, the exact same thing. When you're engaged, really engaged in life, you're not busy attending to the remembrance of Paul three years ago, nor the remembrance of Paul by thinking about Paul three years ahead. Yeah, And that's usually your peak experiences for that month or that year or that life. Yeah, It's in a sense, when you really get the sense of the absence of self, you feel the presence of being alive. Yeah, Don't you? Yes, yeah. So something, in other words, if something is so engaging, it stops the mental process and it stops, your intention doesn't leave this event because something's got your attention, like the surfing or having sex or doing whatever it may be, and therefore the production of self can't go on. The feeling doesn't get produced and then you get the sense of the, what's really going on, which is the presence of your own nature. Yeah? which is not corporal. It's not a body. It's not produced by a brain. Yeah? It's not a mental body hybrid. It's uh, The only way you'll ever know it is by finding out about it. And the route to find out about it is to find out what you're not. Yeah? Because if you're assuming to be something you're not, and then you try to find out about what you are there, you'll, tr- you'll be trying to find out what you are from what you're not. It's never going to work. It's never going to work because it's like this old, uh, these people, most people haven't heard me here, so all right, I'll tell an old story. It comes from India, and I've always liked it uh, a lot. It gets the point across. Let's say this is a lion and a, a lioness and a cub, yeah? So the lioness gets killed, and now the cub's roaming around, and it's lost. It doesn't have its mother, and it doesn't know what's going on. So it's roaming around the savannas, and it sees this big herd of sheep. So it starts running after the sheep to sort of join them, yeah? The sheep know it's a lion, so they start running away, but then they realize the lion doesn't even know it's a lion. So it, they, it comes over, and it gets adopted into the sheep herd. And now it's trying to be the best sheep it can be, you know? And it's learning how to buy, you know, and it's walking. They're curling its hair, and it's trying to adapt, and it's got a sheep girlfriend, and it's starting to get respect in the sheep world. And, you know, it's, everything looks good on the outside, but just something's not happening, you know? Something isn't translating into an ease and comfort. There's something off. He just doesn't know where it is, but he's being the best sheep it can be. Yeah. So one day he's living this life and he's sort of hanging out with the sheep flock or whatever the herd. And a big old lion comes down into the savannah and starts chasing the sheep to eat. And it sees out of the corner of the eye this young, this young lion and it thinks it's joining him on the hunt. But it realizes it's running away from him like the sheep are. So he turns his attention off for the sheep and he runs after the lion. And he gets up to the lion. The lion just falls on it back and says, please, Mr. Lion, don't eat me. I'm just a humble sheep. 
Now the old lion's a little perplexed by this, so he just grabs the lion, the young lion, and drags it over to this pond and sticks both their heads out, and then the young lion sees their reflections and he wakes up. Yeah? He realizes he's a lion. Yeah? It doesn't no matter how many years of trying to be a sheep and a good sheep or a bad sheep, whatever it is, it only took an instant of recognition to break that whole storyline. Because the fact is, it's a lion. Yeah? So, okay. Now, let's say you go to a meeting like this, and the person is basically saying, no matter how he's lovingly putting it, or she is, or not, or rudely putting it, is, <laughs> I like the rudely better, but I'm, I'm withholding myself today. <laughs> trying to behave myself. So, all right, so here's the message. You're a lion, okay? You're a lion, 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 you're a lion. Okay. Some people in the room may like that message, so they're hearing it. Oh, yeah, I really like that. I'm a lion, I'm a lion, I'm a lion. But then it has to hit the sheep ear. See, we're all identified as a sheep, let's say. It hits the ear, and the sheep ear translates it into, I can become like a lion. That's not the message. The message is, you're a lion. Right? I like that message. I like that. Bump, 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 bump. I can become like a lion. And what happens is, so a couple of sheep, this happens to, and now the sheep gather together, and they decide to get some pictures of old lions. Yeah, and they put it in a nice gold frame, and they get a nice room like this very hallowed, a lot of sage they burn, and then they put the pictures up, and they start venerating these old lions, and they start this little group, how to become like a lion, you know? And they're reading stories about lions and all like this, and they're, they're taking roaring lessons, and now this way, they're actually straightening their hair, trying to get a mane, and everyone's going, you're sounding good today, Eugene, you know, but no, it's a bar. <laughs> you got a little more bass in it, getting there, and everyone, and they're very... They're trying to support each other, and they're meditating on, I'm a lion, I'm a lion, I'm a lion. But the fact is, they're meditating, I'm a lion, as a sheep. Yeah? The identification is already set. And from that point of view, all they can do is try to acquire some lion-like qualities, or have an experience, maybe, of somewhat being like a lion, but they never make the jump into, like Ramana Maharshi says, a great saint. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's passed away. But he says, to know God is to be God. To know God is to be God. When you have sheep's ears, to know God is to be a knower of God. The sheep identity stays in place, never threatened. And that you can be practicing to become like a lion, and the identification as a sheep will never be freaking threatened. Yeah? This is about questioning, are you a sheep? Just like that lion was assuming it was a sheep for years, as soon as it saw its reflections, it knew its nature. And then when the old lion said roar, it didn't have to take three months of roaring lessons. It roared because it came from and of its own nature. Yeah? What this message is saying, that is what we are of. We are not of sheepness. We're not a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Yeah? You are not what's seeing right now. You're not what's hearing right now. You're not what's tasting right now. You're not what's touching right now. What's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, smelling, and hearing thoughts can't be heard of, can't be thought of, can't be felt, can't be smelled, can't be touched. Yeah. You can never know it because you are it. 
You can know everything else from it, but you will never know it as a topic or an object to your false subject. This is the message. So once you start seeing that, hey, I have a strain of mind called self-centeredness where life, instead of seen as happening, is interpreted as it's happening to me, and I'm suffering the uh, dissatisfaction of that, and it's producing a lot of irritability, restlessness, and discontent, and I'm not able to really enjoy where I am because, in fact, it doesn't seem I'm ever really there because most of us are stuck in a mental here, and the mental here is just chock full of there and then. The mental here, the mental here that you may want to get out of, see, you cannot get out of an imaginary place. You're never going to escape it, ever. Yeah? You cannot escape from an imaginary place. You cannot solve an imaginary problem. What this is saying is, the solution to what you may be suffering from is not down the line, it's before the line starts. I would say it's all based on a misidentification as what you are. Just like in recovery, it talks about you have a daily reprieve from the disease of alcoholism, which is like a parasite, and self-centeredness is actually the mother of that parasite. Self-centeredness is prior to the alcoholism expression. We have a daily reprieve from that so that its influence can be, we can be relieved of for at least this day, yeah, by the contingent, by its contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition, yeah, now, I don't care how adept you are at spiritual practices, the best way to maintain a spiritual condition is to be a spiritual condition. Not to have one, not to, not to need to get one, but to be a spiritual condition. Prior to all the mental states, all the emotional states, all the physical states that are experienced here, what's behind all that, I would say, is a spiritual state, if you want to use that term. I don't like it, but it signifies something other than physical. Yeah? That spiritual state is like a stateless state. I would say that's where we're from. Yeah? That's what's looking out of our eyes, like St. Francis says. What you are looking for, what's looking. What's looking is what you and you and you are looking for. Yeah? Where? Where? Exactly. Right now, the what's looking has been bastardized into your scene. <laughs> so the exact event that could save you a whole lot of hell is being commandeered by a mental process and turned into you seeing, when in fact it's what's looking. (laughs) (laughs) It'll save you a lot of trouble and time. you're going to be seeing, look, you're going to be trying to see it for a long time, but you'll be trying to see it from who's looking, when it's what's looking. (laughs) All right, another movement is worth selfing, and this first paramount movement is the claim. That's what it does, yeah? It doesn't have a life, but it claims one through you. So it starts like this. Consciousness, consciousness in contact is the basis of an experience, Yeah? You're either seeing something, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, a combination of all those, or there's thoughts about what you saw, felt, taste, touch. Yes? So consciousness is in contact. That's what's, it, that's what's initiating this whole thing we call life. Okay? So consciousness is happening in contact. 
And then after that, there's a mental process of the brain that produces an idea that if there's a you that's conscious. Yeah? But it doesn't come before the consciousness, but it implies it's before the consciousness. But it doesn't. It's an afterthought. Just like when you were a kid, you didn't have that afterthought. So all, all there was was conscious contact the first 17 months. That was all that was going on. And that's why when you see a baby's eyes, that's very freaking, freaking attractive. Because they're in the state of being freed from the bondage of self. Because they have never known the bondage of self. Because they're prior to the idea of being bonded. And it's only an idea that we're bonded. It only can reach a level of seemingly so, which means it appears to be true or false to you. Seemingly is one of the most profound words in our language. Look at the dictionary if you don't believe my definition. Seemingly so means it appears to be true or false to you. Yeah? So basically, everything's truth and everything's falsehood relies on your view of it. Yeah? Or in Lesson 2 of The Course in Miracles. You and I are giving everything all the meaning it has. Yeah? Now, let me tell you something. You believe this is you, and this is what's giving everything the meaning it has. The mind has given this the meaning of being you. <laughs> and through this connection, it's distributing meaning to everything else. You believe you're exempt, but you're, you're, the act of feeling like Paul is a meaning that's been given to you by mind. <laughs> and that meaning it's a wild one for it to seem to be so it has to be reinforced it has to be re-engaged it's like the glue to the idea of you being bonded to that idea of you yeah? spirit to being bonded to the body has to be applied constantly incessantly because the fact the bonding can never actually happen it can only seem to be happening yeah? That's the solution. You are prior to the idea of being a self. You're not trying to figure out how not to be yourself. Thing is, you figured out how to take yourself to be yourself. This is about questioning that and have that unfigured out. Yeah? So that the wonder and awe that you used to have when you were a kid will flood back into your life. Then you'll be here in this moment because you're not entertaining insane, the insane idea that you could be out of any moment you've ever been in. Every freaking book about how to get into the moment is based on an incredibly insane idea that you could be out of a moment. Yeah? And then the first one doesn't work, so you get the next one. How to really, really be in the moment. And then after that doesn't work, how to get into the turbocharged moment. It's never going to work because it's based on fallacy. You and I cannot be out of a moment. I don't care how bad you feel or how far away you think you are. If you looked at the surveillance tapes, you're here right now. Every dance, every damn scene of every crime in your life, you were there. Yeah? So this whole idea of getting into something you can't be out of is insanity to me. And then, there's this idea of self that seems to be driving a lot of people crazy. They want to be up when they think they're working and they're thinking, oh, I can't wait to get to Hawaii. When they get to Hawaii, they think about job, the work. And then when they're at work, they're thinking about Hawaii. They can never actually locate themselves where they are. Yeah? They work really hard for a great event, and then there and then just intrude. What's, it's probably not going to last till tomorrow. How can you fucking enjoy every, anything if you believe it's going to go so fast? Yeah. It's a freaking form of slavery. 
It's enslaved us to this freaking false idol of me. And the obsession with self is just there to reinforce the idea of being a self. The mind that wants to be identified as a self needs to reinforce that all day. That's why the past and future is so important. Because you're a big star in the past and the future. And you really have no role now. Yeah? Something will live through you. And you'll be in a position of finding out. In the past and the future, you can know. Oh, I know I'm going to be screwed next year. <laughs> I was really screwed back then. Oh, man. So the self thing claims everything. So here's a thought. Yeah? Let's say you write down, uh, have a chalkboard and write down a money topic, yeah? Let's say health topic. Let's say sex. Everyone would see it and give it a different meaning than everyone else, maybe, yeah? If you don't have any money, money would seem more important, let's say, than health, if you're feeling good health, okay? So it would have a little weight, wouldn't it? These are topics we have to deal with all the time. All right, let's see what happens if we add one little word. Yeah, watch how the scales tip. My money. Yeah. Much heavier, right? My health. Unbelievable it can be bad. My sex. Forget about it. I mean, hours of phone conversations about that. Yeah? The my is, is the transfer of meaning, yeah? From that insane mental process through this possibility onto every freaking thought you ever have because you're the holding it as your thought. You believe you're the thinker of it, or at least you're the you're the top object of it. Either it's the thought about you, or you're the thinker of it. Yes. So every thought is underlined by the feeling of being the thinker of it, and in that underlying thing, the thinker uses every thought to facilitate the bondage of mind to the idea of being the thinker. Does it the same thing with feelings? Every feeling arises, but it seems to only arise to one feeler. Yeah. The feeler is now, they're all my feelings now, which are much different than a feeling. And now the feeling is used to facilitate what? The bondage of the mind to the idea of being the feeler. Actions, I'm the doer of it. Yeah? If there's an action, there must be an action, actor, and therefore it must be me. Okay? Now, every action facilitates the mind's bondage to the idea of being the actor. This is what's happening all day. And it can only reach the level of seemingly so. Because you cannot be what you're not. You can only appear to be it. You can only appear to be it. Let's say today I'm not feeling well. So this is a problem, let's say. Yeah, in my life. The next day I'm feeling pretty good, it's not a problem. The next day I'm feeling bad again, it's a problem again. You tell me what is it. Is it a problem or is it a problem? One day, I, can, I, would, I would swear on a stack of Bibles, it's a problem. The next day, it's not a problem. The next day, I'm feeling bad, I swear on a stack, it's a problem. What is it? Is it a problem or isn't a problem, or is it neither? Isn't it the fact that in physics, they say, the greatest influence of any experiment is the observer of it? So when they study weight, they, when they study light... And the physicists have a plan. They like to see light, light appear as a wave. It appears as a wave. When they're looking for it to appear as a particle, it appears as a particle. Almost as if the light dances to the whim of the observer. Yeah? How could that possibly be? Where is that power source? How can something that isn't so seem so real? 
unless what Israel is lending it the reality. Yeah. How could something seem so real, like in recovery we say false evidence appears real? It's a beautiful statement, an acronym for fear. Yeah. False evidence is appearing real. That's why it generates anxiety, because it's appearing real. Yeah. Now, the biggest influence in that event is who's it appearing real to? Yeah. False evidence can't appear real, it's false. But it can appear real to what is real. Yeah? The only really only reality there is in this event is what's looking right now. We're the only reality. Everything else is seemingly so. Yeah? And what's what's real is lending that reality to what's what isn't real through this ignorance of being identified as a body. Yeah? When I take this to be the real thing, I make every other thing real. Like the Course in Miracles says, we're the dreamer of this dream. We forgot that we're dreaming this dream, and we've given everything we dreamt the power to affect us. That's the exact situation most of us are in. We're identified as a dreamt object, this body. Yes? We forget that we're the dreaming of it. We forget that we're the only freaking reality, giving reality to everything else. Yeah? And in that forgetfulness, what we have deemed to be real is now biting us in the ass. There is a solution. From the solution's point of view, there's never been a problem. From the problem's point of view, you better find a solution. If you find the quote-unquote right solution, the right solution set real, demonstrates or downloads that there is no problem, and then there's no need for a solution either. That's how economical it is. Your salvation is prior to any bondage. You've never been bound. It only appears to be so. That's great. I like sound effects. Gets the point across better, right? <laughs> so just just as a as a play, look at your thoughts, yeah, and then see. Just have a feeling. Just place the idea that underneath all those thoughts, there's a thought, but you don't see it as a thought. And the thought is, I'm a, I'm the thinker. Yeah, you don't recognize that thought. But all the other thoughts are connected to the thinker thought, yeah? So here's all these thoughts. They're happening. They're going to happen like a popcorn maker. As long as you're engaged in an eventful place, like in time and space, the thought system is going to pop out thoughts, yeah? So here's the thoughts coming. But there's a feeling that you're the thinker. It's not just a thought. It wouldn't have enough ability to convince you if it was a thought. It's a thought wrapped in a feeling. It produces a sense of self. It doesn't say it produces a thought of self. It's a sense of self. You have a feeling that you're the doer when an action occurs. You have a feeling, a feeling that you're the thinker when a thought is seen. Yeah. You have the a feeling that you're the feeler when a when a feeling is felt. It just happens almost naturally. It's not natural. It's a process. But it seems it happens so fast you don't notice it. Yeah. 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 So. This is if, so here's the thinker. 
So what would happen? We're not talking about the thoughts at all. I could care less about the thoughts. We're just talking about this one thought, I'm the thinker. Why not see or just maybe suspend the belief or that assumption to be so and just maybe question a little bit? I call it entertaining. Just sort of open your mind up to the possibility, hey, I may not be the, 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 uh, the father of that. You know what I mean? That, that's not my spawn. And it's sort of like what happens is, just like if you went to a, a park and there was 30 kids playing and your kid was there, your attention would go to your kid, usually, whoever your kid was. Yeah, Same thing. Your attention is much more attracted to a my thought than it would be to a thought. Yeah. So if you lose interest, if, the, if there's a loss of interest in being the thinker, you'll have a loss of interest in the thought system. And what happens, the loss of interest in the thought system, which is trying to take your attention and interest and constantly place it into there and then, the past and the future, to get a feeling that you're here now, yeah, it will weaken that system's ability to try and travel your ass <laughs> to the past and the future, and you'll be anchored right where you've always been, but you'll have the joy of knowing that. In other words, you'll really be present because you can't, you can't entertain the insane idea that you could be anything but present. In other words, the best way to have an experience of being in the moment is the realization you can't be out of a moment. That's the best freaking way. That stabilizes. Yeah? Because if you believe you're out of the moment and then you did all this work to get in the moment, you believe you can also get out of the moment again. Yeah? Doesn't it happen? If you believed you did something and then you and then you thought you achieved it, then what happens? You immediately think, I could lose it if I don't keep doing something. Yeah? That's fucking a lot of work and stress, I'd say. This is prior to that. Yeah? You don't need to try to get into the moment, you can't be out of it. You don't need to try to get out of self, you can't be in it. Yeah? How long how much time would it take to get out of an imaginary place? When you wait till after the sure. souffle is baked, yeah. How long would it take to get out of an imaginary place? Not long at all. <laughs> what happened is, let's say someone comes over your house and starts to complain about how bad it's going to be. Yeah, it isn't bad now, but now this has no purpose, no value. So it's like, fuck now. I'm, I wanna, I'm really concerned. How I'm really going to be bad next week or three weeks from now. How long is your interest in that going to last? It's boring as hell, right? A minute or two. If you want to, if there's, if it's a woman and you want to sleep with them, maybe you'll listen to them for four hours with the hopes that you can have sex, maybe. But in fact, basically, you're going to go, Jesus Christ, I'd rather do the laundry than to listen to this. Yeah? Yet, the same little activity in your head held, held out as yours and about you, you're totally entranced by it. You see? So it's not the thoughts that are doing it, obviously. Yeah. Because if a thought could take you away and then not take a, me away, then the thought doesn't have the ability to take us away. The ability lies in us to seemingly go away. Yeah. So what triggers that thought, or what uses that thought to do that insane magic? It's the mind. If it's about me, it has a lot of power. Yeah. If the thought is about me, it has a lot of power. But if I'm not the thinker, I'm going to lose interest in it. Where's the interest going to go when it leaves the imaginary places of there and then? Where's it going to be? Right where it's always been. And now, instead of enforcing and fortifying the obsession of 
self or the seeming absence of being in the moment, it will enrich this moment for you. You'll be feeling it cascading in all your senses, and you'll be in the sense of presence of being here. Yeah. What everyone wants to make as a spiritual goal is your basic state. It's been overridden or put had, has a template that's put over it. And so when you look at it, you don't see it. You see the template. You see there and then, Monday and Wednesday, this and that. You know, Like the Course in Miracles has... Yeah, some people have read that here, right? Some mm-hmm. people, Course in Miracles. Okay. There's a statement called the Holy Instant, which is now. Yeah? And they say, all right, what's the biggest deterrence from someone uh, enjoying the, the Holy Instant? And they go, their, their belief that they don't deserve it. Yeah? And how does that belief they don't deserve it manifest? It manifests that they believe they have to prepare for the Holy Instant. See? There's a feeling they don't deserve it. But you don't see that feeling in a, most cases that you don't deserve it. What it gets disguised as is I have to prepare myself to be worthy of, re, of receiving it. You see it? It displaces you from the only place the invitation is offered now. It doesn't mean, it doesn't care if it's a half a second or eight years. The smallest little bit is the difference between heaven and earth. And now, now, then you're the someone who's lacking this, this, this presence of the holy instant. And of course, you're going to use the same formality, the same format that we're always offered here. You're going to try and do, and do and have yourself to a state of being. But all you can do and have yourself into is another mental state. You are a state of being. The doing and having is actually taking you seemingly away from that. It cannot work, but it can seem to work. Your idea of moving towards it is actually a moving away from it. When you were a kid, and you, I wasn't in an abusive situation. It was a lower middle class family. When I was walking around my house, I wasn't thinking my room was too small. You know what I mean? Or my mother was ugly. I wasn't wondering why I was, wasn't wearing gap clothes. When I was playing with the ants, I wasn't concerned, will I be playing next week? Because time hadn't set up yet. I wasn't wondering, or I wasn't looking for retreats or meditation practices. I could care shit about spiritual scriptures. I was just in that thing, really because I hadn't thought of an insane idea I could be out of it, basically. As soon as I had the idea I could be out of it, the thing just riffed on that for the rest of my freaking life. Yeah. And what was re- what got then that that ease and comfort, that joy of being alive, was replaced with being uncomfortable in my own skin, which is the only skin you're going to seem to be in the rest of your life. That's a bad place to start. Yeah. And then that irritability, restlessness, and discontent. I can't even enjoy something that I really like. I'm displaced constantly. I've got all of these, every moment of my life is bookended by the past and future. And it's, it's bleeding into every freaking moment. I can't enjoy now because there's going to be a Tuesday coming up. To me, that's a freaking form of slavery. It's like we're in a hamster cage and we think it's motorized. It's the hamster that's moving the cage. If the hamster got out, it would see the cage is inanimate. It's not moving. You're not trapped anywhere. You're the trapping. 
how you think and how you're seeing is causing this place to seem real and what's real not to be available to us. And then on the double whammy is, then you try to seek from there that, and you've, you've objectified it. It's right where you are. That's why they say it's the open gate. In other words, or the gateless gate. There's no gate. There's no door in the gate or the open secret. There's no secret that's open. Exactly. That's why they call it the open secret. It's right in front of us. It's right behind us. It's right under us. And we're where, 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 where? We're busily looking and we can't realize what's seeing. We're looking in a self-centered way, like wearing bifocals. And the bifocals are producing distortion. And the best we can do, because we never touch up here, we take it to be our eyes, we have to find other glasses to correct the distortion. When in fact, if the other glasses really work, they lead you to touch around here and realize it's a pair of glasses. What's the natural thing to do? Pull them off. You don't even have to pull them. Take them off. But if you never touch them, it's like the old story of the guy, the beggar in front of the, uh, the, the uh, city gates. And he's super poor and he's constantly begging. And some guy goes, I'm not going to give you anything. Just look in, look in your pocket. And the guy doesn't, what, what? And he doesn't do it. But when he gets home, he looks in his pocket and he has a giant jewel. He's had the jewel the whole time when he was begging for nickels. It was right in his pocket. All he needed was some, some curiosity to put his hand there. But he was so damn sure that this is me, he never even investigated. But, that's when the world begins. But, I can feel it now, but, Monday. So Monday, of course, takes precedence over now. Like, all the freaking time. We're addicted to time, and we worship time. Oh, it's okay now, but I've got all week to be doing that. Okay, so you were having a fun time when you were just here, but then you have to bring in there and then again, constantly. I don't have time to be here. i got to get prepared for there and then. <laughs> slavery. It is freaking slavery, you know? And they don't even have to bind us anymore. We put on our, we put on the shackles like jewelry. It's sort of like this. If I had a, a big tumor, I'm trying to make it really explicit. <laughs> it's a simple, simple message, really. It is. But what do you do? You can pound the nail in a lot of ways, but basically it's the same nail. <laughs> you know what I mean? So here's a tumor, a big tumor, and I have it. And I didn't think I thought I, I took it to be me, yeah. So what I need to do is I gotta get all my shirts tailored so that the tumor has some room to breathe and stuff. You know, and I have these exquisite, expensive leather jackets. They gotta be fixed, yeah. And I'm on tumor chat rooms, and I met a girl with a tumor. And it just so happens her tumor is on the on the uh, left side, and mine's on the right. So we can rub tumors together like this, and it's sort of like Eskimos. And we're, I'm having a fun. And, and uh, she's got some outfits with that, too. And I got an armrest when I'm driving. It's sort of good. And so some guy comes in and says, hey, bro, why don't you just get that removed? You know, simple solution. There's, you can just go to the clinic. It would be a one and a couple hour affair. Go into local anesthesia, not even general. And you'd be home by thing. And you would think you would rush to that solution. But what happens is the mind goes, oh, no, but wait. What am I going to do with all those shirts? The leather jacket, the girl, you see? People they say they want to be free, but they just want to want to be free. 
They come, yeah. I, become identified with that tumor. They become an identified with this idea. And now, they're trying to be free as that idea instead of free from that idea. Yeah? It will take your noble drive to be free and it will co-opt it. And now you're going to be, you're going to try to get out of self as a self. And you cannot get out of something you were never in. It's impossible. You cannot transcend an imaginary place. You can't. You cannot do it. It's impossible. Everything here is to the level of seemingly so. It cannot be so. It can only appear to be so to what is so. Yeah? Yeah? Where else is it getting its reality from? Where do you believe, if you believe these great messages that this is an illusion, what's causing it to seem real? What could crown an illusion reality? Only reality. Where else could it get it? Where is that active reality going on? It's what's looking right now. If it's identified as a self, you're now you're looking in a certain formulated way called self-centeredness, and you're blind to what is truly looking. And now it's who's looking. And all the looking is about you, instead of about what. And that's why probably what brings you to these crazy meetings. Because you probably need some freaking relief. Yeah? And you're going to keep needing relief. Because agitation is never going to find stillness. It's just going to agitate around it. Yeah? The agitation of a mind in selfing is never going to find peace. If it gets anywhere near peace, it will get agitated about it. Will I be in peace tomorrow? Yeah? Look at what people have done with this term enlightenment, which is just a complete cessation of all suffering. Yet they're using enlightenment to produce the exact thing that enlightenment is meant to cease, which is suffer. By comparing every day to someone they think is enlightened and, and finding out or coming up to the judgmental that they're not enlightened. So the mind co-ops everything. It doesn't matter if it's 5,000-year-old scripture or yesterday's Wall Street Journal. It will take advantage of anything it comes in contact with. Anything. It has no respect for nobility or tradition or nothing. It will take over. You can have the loving gaze and robes and patchouli oil. You're still screwed. Just like if you had a leather jacket and tats. Same, same. There's always going to be the possibility of the bondage of self. And the solution to it is that it can only seemingly be so, and it needs it to be seemingly so to you. It cannot have any reality but the reality you and I give it. It cannot produce or generate reality. It isn't true. But it can get reality seemingly from what is true. Yeah? And that happens through that becoming identified as this, and therefore all of this occurs. You would not be seeing this place like you're seeing it unless you were identified as a body. Yeah? So this is sort of like the immunity to thoughts start occurring because they're not about you. Yeah. When the immunity to thoughts start occurring, then you have an immunity to what's not happening because it's not happening. <laughs> it's a, really, it's a very simple recognition. The thing that I'm concerned about isn't actually happening. Yeah. So I wanted to be a, a what's not happening therapist. I thought it would be a great job because I could have, let's say, you have like eight-hour day job, yeah? So, usually you do an hour session, so that'd be eight hours, let's say I'm paying a hundred bucks. But as a what's not happening therapist, I could book about 40 people every hour. 
Because as soon as they came in and started complaining about what wasn't happening in their life, I would just say, it's not happening. And they go, but, I go, no, it's not happening, but I see it, come back next week. And I get, an, I get like 30 people in an hour. Yeah, That's how easy it is. What more do you need to do about the effects of what's not happening, other than to realize it's not happening? You're causing the effects, it isn't. Next Wednesday is not causing the effects. It's your belief in the thoughts about next Wednesday that's causing the effects. You're the only cause of an effect here. Yeah, You're the cause. Listen to the statement in The Course of Miracles. You and I are the dreamer of the dream. Yeah, In other words, this place is a dream. It's an activity. Dreaming. Yeah? You and I are the dreamer of the dream. We forgot that we're the dreamer of the dream. How have we forgotten that we're the dreamer of the dream? By becoming identified as a dreamt object in the dream. Yeah? That's how it facilitates the forgetting of we're the dreamer by taking ourselves to be a dreamt object. When that occurs, and it can only occur seemingly, you can never lose what you are by no matter how much you think you're identified as something you're not. Yeah? It's not it doesn't happen that way. So here it is. You're the dreamer of the dream, you and I. We forgot that we're dreaming the dream, and how that gets facilitated is identification as a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, a thing. Yeah? And in that state, everything we're dreaming now has the ability to affect us as this body. Yeah. Don't you see? That's such a beautiful statement. It describes every day perfectly. Yeah. And it says... Oh, man. The beautiful answer it gives is, you know what's going to happen? We're all going to dream ourselves out of this dream. Yeah? And as we're dreaming ourselves out of the dream, because let's say the dream is taken to be real, it's going to work with what seems to be real to lead itself out of what, what seems to be real. Yeah? So now it's going to dream itself out of the dream, and as you're dreaming yourself out of the dream, which this could be part of that initiation, when you're dreaming yourself out of the dream, the dream's going to get happier. What a beautiful, beautiful, good, a bit of good news, like a true gospel. We're all going to, we're all, we're going to dream ourselves out of the dream. Yeah. And as we're doing that, the dream's going to get happier. I just love the sound of that. It's not denying the dream. It's not killing the dream. It's just, listen, okay, this is my act of participation. I'm not a, an, I am not a target for the dream. I'm dreaming. Yeah. I, in a sense, am the only reality, reality there is. Not as Paul, but as what's looking. And all of us are that same reality. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I can't, I can't kill something that's not so... But what's going to happen is the mind is just going to lose interest in the way the dream's appearing. Yeah? It's going to lose interest, let's say, in the idea of being a self when it realizes it's not one. Yeah? I'm telling you, that's what happened. It's like if we had another room over here and there was a pretty girl there that I'd want, I want to meet. I have expectations that I'd be having a kid with her. I haven't even said anything to her, but this, all this, yeah. my mind is saying, oh, that's the one. That's the one. So I'm supposed to be doing a talk, but my interest and attention is trying to listen to what she's saying because I'm hoping she's going to say, I like that guy, Paul, so I can, 
you know, have a little edge before I ask her. And so on there, and so if someone notices, hey, Paul, you don't really seem to be here. <coughs> I go, no, 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 I'm here, but my attention's there. And someone comes and hands me a book, says, how to lose interest in a conversation in another room. So I page through the thing, nice ideas, but it doesn't matter because I can't herd my interest. It's going wherever I think is the most important thing. And at this moment, she's the most important thing. Yeah. So what happens? She starts talking and she says, I really like that guy, Matt. And my name is Paul, right? What occurs? Immediately, I lose interest in that wall and that conversation because it's not about me. Yeah? Where does the attention suddenly, it doesn't take any time for it to leave there because there is no there. <laughs> they can only seemingly be there. So it doesn't take any time and I don't have to take any programs or practices to pull it back from there because there is no there. It it's, uh, suddenly appears to be right where I am. Yeah? And in this position, it's enriching my life instead of causing me an obsession with self by being attending to something that's not going on. If that could be turned on your own thought system and not see you as, you as the thinker, you would lose interest in the thoughts, which are, which are actually producing the sense of the reality of time, and you'd be freed from the influence of time. You'd be able to be present where you are. Yeah? And maybe you find out that what you've really been missing is you, in a sense, the you that you really are. In a way, it's been displaced. It was left where you weren't looking, in here. You were residing in a mental here, a time moment bookended by past and future. You were just a little stationary picture of this continual story, a linear story of you. This is like a vertical insertion that frees you from that horizontal freaking life. not coming anywhere from what from where you are you are that also there's only that it's a gospel that's what it used to mean the word gospel good news it's good news we're not going to ask you to sign up for anything and you don't have to take an intensive and god knows you don't have to go on a retreat this is an invitation it's not a dissertation more hours isn't going to make it better. Some of the most succinct, beautiful statements are the shortest. What's looking is what you're looking for. Incredible. There's so much in that. You could ponder that for quite a while. If you wrote a book, it would never sell. It'd be like half a page. What's looking is what you're looking for. We had an idea of a book, and what we were going to do is, we get, if something profound was said, we would say, if you want more edification about this point, look at page 67. They get to 67 and be blank. <laughs> and then we try to do it about four times, see how far we could take them, and everyone would be blank. <laughs> you are the living book. You're going to find out about what you are. You can't know it, but you'll find out about it. It will demonstrate through you. Its desire to express is available. Look at manifestation. Look like a look at a, a bush. It doesn't put out one flower. It puts out ninety flowers. Yeah, where I live is like growth everywhere, in the in the most unlikely place. A tiny little crack in a wall. Of, a plant is moving towards the sun. Yeah, there's no. This is not a very sparse manifestation. Yeah, this power 
is going to express, and as Jesus says, you'll know the tree by its fruits, and a good tree cannot bring forth bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bring forth good fruit. You'll know the tree by its fruits. That's how you find out about what you are. You see it manifesting in your own life. And what happened with me, it's stabilized into a traveling lighter over a long period of time now. And what occurred is, I was hoping prior to it that what it would do would change the geography of my life. It hasn't changed the geography of this destination, this destiny yet. I'm going to get fired or get sick or not, who knows. But I'm traveling lighter over every bit of the terrain. What more do you want? Sense it now in the room? There you have it. It's not a, it's not a covered over now, yeah? It's raw. You can feel it, the pulsation of fucking onness. It's always been there. We're just not noticing it. So satsang can facilitate a noticing of it. That's the best thing it can do. So that you can sense your own self. The real one, the presence. Yeah, it's like all of us. Like I like to use the word sky because old Buddhism used it. I like it a lot because it represents a sense of mind that is vastly open, yet everything can appear in it. Yet whatever appears in it doesn't affect it. So if you look at the sky, tons of clouds have moved through it over the years. Tons of clouds, yet not one of them ever tattooed the sky with its shape. Yeah. Not one. There's been explosions on 4th of July. The sky's never ripped open. There's planes flying through it all day. Not one of them called the terminal and say, hey, we ran into a big chunk of sky up here. What are we going to do? Yeah? A bird takes a shit. It lands on your car, not on the sky. Yeah? When it rains, it doesn't wet the sky. It wets the earth. The sky is allowing all this stuff to appear in it, yet whatever appears in it doesn't affect its true nature, which is extremely empty and bright and clear. Yeah, that's what mind is like. That's the mind that's looking out of your head right now. That's what it's like. It's not like a, a marathon runner put into a closet. It's not fucking claustrophobic. It's as big and as bright as possible. But we're playing it super small so that we can look really big. For you to be the biggest thing in earth, the world has to be really small. That's the disease of self-centeredness. put any more nuggets out. Just enjoy some of them. Find something out of it. Entertain it. Have faith in your own mind. Not in the mental process, but mind itself. What you used to have frequency with when you were a kid is still available. 
Any questions tonight? You have something to say? You want to say something? i got to hold on to the salt lamp here. <laughs> Get my energy restored. Oh, 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 it's funny, like, if you're on a bike or something, and you're falling down, you want to save the bike, not you. That's how much your thought system thinks about you. It's identified as you, but it gives a shit about you and the body. It does. It would rather send, like, save a $10 helmet than you. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Throw the helmet off. <laughs> see it. The proof can be in one example. You'll see it. Look at your head. If you're having a good day, how long does it last up there? Before it starts saying, when are they going to realize I don't deserve this? Or figure out I'm a fraud. Or when she finds out I'm an asshole. All this. But the same head, if it's having a bad day, says it's going to last forever. Do you want that to be the theme setter of your life? If something cool happens, it minimizes it. If something quote-unquote bad happens, it elongates it. Do you want to live every day like that? Under that fucking yoke? You cannot be free as a self from self. You realize you're not a self, and that's the freedom from self. You cannot be free from self as a self. You cannot get out. The self is produced by a mental process. That thing cannot transcend the mental process that's producing it. It doesn't exist. It only appears through the faculties of the mental process. It doesn't appear anywhere else. Yeah? So that's it, eh? Stunned. I love it. Oh, here you go. So, um, we have these triggers that happen all day long. Uh, an illustration that I use is if I walk into some place and I smell bread baking, it'll take me back 30 years to when my mother baked bread. Yeah, yeah. And the older we get, the more triggers that are inserted into the mix. Um, so, as a longtime Course of Miracles student, I know that that stuff isn't real, and I can catch those thoughts sometimes, but other thoughts take me away. Seemingly. Seemingly. The emphasis is on seemingly. My, my idea that I'm offering, and it doesn't come from reading, it came from downloads, and I've, ex- I've seen it ex- expressed with certitude and experience, yeah, is that you're prior to all that, and you don't get hooked. It's just a seemingly so. Yeah, what you are has never been hooked by any line or stream of thoughts. We give the power to the thoughts by thinking we're the thinker. Yes, and then thoughts can seem to take us away, but the only thing they could catch hold of is the thinker. You're not the thinker. My mind comes and goes like a tide all day, but what I am never moves. Yeah. And my life isn't based on the narration that I can move from there to then, and this is better than there, and then this was better than there, and on and on. 
my mind's lost interest in it because I, it hit me, it's not me. It's not about me. And when it's not me, it also implies it was never me, nor will it ever be me. Yeah? It isn't like, oh, I've got a, an escape from self only to get caught again and then put in prison again. I was never imprisoned. Yeah? The solution is prior. The freedom from bondage is prior to the bondage, not after the bondage. If you get free from a bondage after, you're going to be bound again. Usually by what you thought freed you. <laughs> but if the freedom is prior to the bondage, that there's an absolute hit that you have never been bound, then there's no need to seek freedom from bondage. So in one of the things that happened with me, and it was a big one, was the need to be liberated was dismissed. I'm not in the business of trying to be liberated anymore. Which is very liberating. <laughs> I'm serious, man. So it was one of the best hooks I was ever released from. I had a lot of spiritual ideas, man. And my mind made hay out of that. It got me so much, produced so much exquisite suffering from the things that meant were meant to bring joy and happiness, which blows my mind how it does that. But I had, I'll give you an example. Here I am, I'm a Catholic kid from Long Island, New York never knew anything about spirituality except Catholicism and stuff. And when I'm 18 years old, I meet an Indian guru or his, his uh, people represented him. He was still in India. And they were teaching a form of, of meditation. So my friend got initiated. He sounded happy about it. So I went the next day and got initiated in his practice. Okay? Seems very innocent. And suddenly, you know, there was a yearning in there for freedom and stuff, and that triggered a lot of stuff in that. You know, now I have a, a methodology that maybe lead me to freedom. But suddenly, as soon as I got engaged with that topic of spirituality, thousands of ideas about spirituality started to download, which I did not acquire in my first 18 years of seeming living here. I was a Catholic high school. I mean, I went to Catholic high school and got kicked out in 10th grade. I didn't have any... But suddenly, because now there's a guru in my life, I had tons of ideas of how gurus should be, how a devotee should be, and all of this. And it started to produce a lot of irritability, restlessness, and discontent because the people that followed this guru were presenting him as the Lord of the Universe, which meant a whole lot to me. You know, When I heard that the Lord of the Universe, it had a big meaning. <laughs> yeah? All right, that's great. But I didn't like the Lord of the Universe. That wasn't so great. Yeah? So there's the Lord of the Universe. My assumption, my old belief, my ideas, where I don't know where it came from, was that you, would, you should really probably want to love the Lord of the Universe if you ever got a chance to run into them, you know, he or she or it. But I didn't like the Lord of the Universe. This was a point of fixation for five years to the point where I was trying to figure out how I could kill him, jokingly, so I could just get rid of him. So I wouldn't have this incredible, you know, I'd, have, I'd keep going back to them, to the practices, but I didn't like them. And it was just like, it was like a hell. And it was all based on the hope of heaven. That's the trickiness of the mind. And now I see people do it at meetings like this. They use the term awakening, which is meant to, I would imagine, to express relief and spontaneity. It's being used to drive them crazy because they keep thinking they're not awake. And there's something wrong with them. They should be awake. When am I going to get it? <laughs> and they keep going to meetings, but they're ready to blow. You know, they have spiritual sophistication, so they don't actually flip out, but they're ready to flip out. Where's mine? 
you know? So the idea of awakening, I would think, would, would be like, bring good tidings to you, but when the self being co-ops it, claims it, which it will, right? It obviously uses it to point out to you that you're not there, and you should be there. Yeah? And it's another, it's another long trail of slavery. Long trail. It's one of the best trails it has in this little fucking hillside map. And when you get on that one, you can, you'll, you can plan for lifetimes of preparation and purification with no goods delivered. I mean, it's an incredible business plan. If spirituality was a factory, they'd all be closed by now. Because no one's getting the goods. So it's always on a, a time delay. Oh, no, you're not purified enough. You've not been done enough yet. You've got to sit longer. All oh, on and on. It's like a death march. You know, the baton death march. They all, I'll give you a, a little taste of water, but you've got to walk four more miles, you know? I did a retreat once. It was hilarious. Silent retreat. I was there 14 days in a high-end place. I called it the upper middle way. Because <laughs> in Buddhism they call it the middle way. This is the upper middle way. I mean, the room I had at the retreat was better than the room I had in my house. They had Eagle Core bathtubs there. It was incredible. And they had gourmet food. In, Buddha, in, in, in Thailand, if you want retreats, you don't eat after 10.30 in the morning. This is like sumptuous meals, you know, in morning, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. So everyone was silent, and so you, we were doing like maybe nine to twelve hours of meditation a day. So everyone's walking around, going to the dinner thing, and this was like the tenth day, and every, and so I was close to the dinner thing because we were doing walking meditation too. So I went there early, and when I walked in, guess what was on the on the buffet thing? Ice cream. Oh. I was like. And then, so I sat down, and I watched people with all this spirituality, this and that, walking. As soon as the eyes saw the ice cream, you could see their minds, the wheels turning. Should I get the ice cream first and then come back for the food because I don't want to miss the ice cream? You could see them, they, all their spiritual walking paused, and they're like, that was the whole retreat, watching that. It just took off, I swear to God. You could see them. Then they saw them, got it first, brought it back to their place. All the walking slowly was over, and they were getting over fast. And then it was insane. They had all those hours of sitting like that. One ice cream, a little thing. It's not after, it's prior. If this place has really happened, you're screwed. The only possibility is it hasn't happened. It has only seemingly happened, and that's the freedom. Just like in recovery, when it dawned on me, I w wasn't that the selfing that I was obsessed with was a foreign installment, something that had never uh, presented itself as a possibility immediately downloaded in my head. If I'm not that, I can be free from it. Not free as it, not free for it, definitely not free by it, but from it. And that's what's happened ever since. That possibility has expanded, has been entertained, has, has, given, has brought fruition in, in this form of expression for 20, like, I don't know how many years now. But the mind, identified as something, cannot attend, and identify being free from it. It can, only, it can only hope to be free as it, which is the form of slavery, called the obsession or the bondage of self. It's not true. If it was a real thing, it would be bonded to self. But it's not a real thing, so it's bondage of self. And the bondage of self is facilitated by an activity of mind called selfing. That's what happens. 
And you are the wrench that can be thrown in that works. Selfing can only infer that you're the doer. It can only point that you're the doer. It can only insinuate and imply you're the thinker. The mind makes the leap into the idea of being the thinker. Yeah, It's like the finger pointing at the moon, but in this case there's no moon. All there is is pointing. The pointing is happening so much, the mind is in like a reflex habit, jumping right into the holographic picture of being you as a body. And then all the reality that is, is given to all of this. I've seen it. It's a production. It's not so. It's produced to appear to be so. And the production has to keep going on for it to appear to be so. That's why you're so freaking exhausted. The selfing is an exhausting agitation that never finds rest. It's like a desire that's always going to be thwarted. It wants to be a self, yet it can't be a self. And it wants to unbecome what it thinks it is, which it isn't. And it wants to become what it thinks it isn't. It's like a slinky that the first movement generates the movement of the second movement. So you're trying to get out of what you think you're in. You're trying to get in what you think you're out. You're trying to not be what you think you are. And you're trying to be what you you think you'd like to be. Yes. On and on and on and on and on. And it's not going to find rest. It can't fulfill. It doesn't reach a crescendo. There's no culmination. It cannot go over the wall of seemingly so and become a self. It can't do it. It's an impossibility. You are of a different cloth. You are no thingness. Yeah? No? What what I've experienced and what I'm hearing you say... um, you're saying that there's no self, but when I call your name Paul, you turn and answer, yes? Well, there's a turning and answer. You believe that it's me doing it. I don't believe that anymore. Well, what I'm, what I, what I, I'm yeah. beginning to experience and what I hear you say is not that there's no self, but you have a different relationship to it. So there's like a, a, a turnaround, meaning that you identify yourself with the no-thingness, with the that which you can't speak of, the all that is, the great mystery. But there is, paradoxically, at the same time, when I call your name Paul, you turn. So, what I'm saying is, there is a self, but it's a small thing that you're in relationship to. No. It's, it's a fiction. No. It's a fiction, definitely. A, but you see it as a fiction, but you you uh, you agree, you play the game, meaning when you you answer to the name Paul. Yes, but if you play a character, doesn't mean the character is real. Right. It's just a characterization. But you see it, but but it's a it's not like you're on a stage and then you go off the stage and the character. There is a character. There isn't a character. It's only the actor playing the characterization. There is no character. Yeah. Yes. But when. So when I call your name Paul, you turn. That's the actor playing the role of the character. Right, and that's the paradox. To who? (laughs) It's not paradoxical to me. Well, what I'm saying... uh, No, seriously. To who is it the paradox to? It's not a blanket paradox to everyone in this room. It's sort of... It's maybe some, 
but it seems to be your paradox, yeah? It is. For me right now, I see, I see this fiction, and I have a different relationship to it. Good. That's great. But it is fiction. I know it's fiction. Yeah. But, but if somebody calls my name, they're addressing the fiction, and I respond. Yes, because that's your role. That's, I mean, you know... You're on a stage in manifestation, and you're, the role is you're the action figure. Right. So if you want to get fed, and someone calls you to dinner, you better recognize it's your name well, and that, That's all that I'm saying. But there's, yeah. but there's been a shift in Good. perception. Great. In relationship. So, and I don't know... I mean, I, I experienced the fiction. That's a great place to stay, the I don't know. Because then you'll find out. You'll get more information about what you don't know about. But if you know about it, you'll get very little information. It feels it. like the beginnings uh, the beginnings of, of um, something. Great. Then, then just, uh, if you're interested in it, throw those logs in the fire. See what cooks up. You know? Just honor it. Honor something that's something or nothing that's happening. You're the bring you bring it forth. It doesn't you know? You're it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's great. I'm happy for that. Yeah. yeah. But the idea that it exists, it doesn't reach that level. That's why I don't like the word self, because I use the term selfing because it's an activity that produces a sense of being a self. But that's what the mind gets to do. It produces. The selfing doesn't produce that sense of self. The mind does when it takes the selfing to be about it, that it that it presumes to be a body. That's what it does. That's the addiction. Yeah? To me, in recovery, that's the primary addiction. Everyone in this planet has been saddled with a view of called self-centeredness. Yeah? And all, everyone in some level is suffering a modicum of dis-ease produced by that system of seeing from self-centeredness because we're now uh, programmed into time and there and then become the dominant influences more than the now. Yeah? What else could that bring but trouble? Yeah? And so that, that being uh, unrelieved produces need to get relief and that's, where the, that's the backbone of all other addictions. You're attempting to get out of self. That's what I was doing when I was getting loaded. If you want to call it the self that was in the circumstances you didn't want to be, that's still an extension of self. You want to get out of those circumstances. So it's always driven to trying to get out of what you think you're in. And obviously, an addiction never meets, runs into an end point that's satisfying. Yeah? In other words, when I shot cocaine, there was never a point where I had one shot and it was my last shot. And I said, oh, thank you, goddess of cocaine. I'm satiated and now I'm going to give all my cocaine away and put my, I'll honor my needle, but I'm putting it down and I'm fine. No, an addiction just keeps agitation, more and more agitation, on and on, incessantly, yes? And if it gets thwarted, it will, it will express in another form, like pornography or shopping or whatever, sex with other people that aren't your partners or something, yeah? It's going to seek expression, yeah? And all that irritability that's being echoed into all the other irritabilities and all the solutions to the other irritabilities, promoting more irritability, is coming from this original false note called identification as self. I've seen it. I've, was, I've seen it. 
I've had a sense of it. I've seen it where the notes stop and there's the true note of all, the silence. Yeah? To me, this is the first knot, which is self-centered, the identification of self. All the other knots are like security, money, health, this and that. And we want to work on those knots and with the hopes that they bring us relief. And sometimes they get loosened, but the relief doesn't go into all the other topics in your life. It, there's relief in money, but you're still having bad relationships and stuff like that. Yeah. What I found, the first knot, there's a thread that runs through the first knots to all the knots of your life, all the activities that comprise a human life here. Yeah. And when this first knot is loosened, it, it produces a loosening in all the other knots. That's why, that's why I call it traveling lighter. Everything stabilizes, and ease and comfort becomes the norm, not based on an, a lake of agitation and irritability. It shifts into a, an ease and comfort somewhat. Yeah? You get your spikes, this and that, but your basic uh, baseline is coolness. <laughs> you know, you're like chilled out, so to speak. Yeah? And if it can stabilize over a long period of time, you're on to something. Just entertain it. Yeah. Now, you may think what another is the first knot, but and that's totally valid for you. But if I shared it, that was the first knot, it wouldn't be a valid share because that wouldn't be valid to me. I'm just like a cod salesman. I'm not in competition with the, sac- the mackerel salesman or the salmon saleswoman. I, own the, I have my own little kiosk. I'm just offering you cod. Yeah, you can grill it, you know, sushi it. If you like it, get some more cod, you know. But what about, compared to, I know I'm not comparing it to mackerel or salmon. I don't have any experiences with that. I don't really care. I don't have any opinions on outside issues. Here you go. Here's the cod. I can verify where it came from, tell you the truth, because I, I can verify where it came from. I didn't borrow this from anybody. So, so, Paul, yeah. if we're all spirits inhabiting a body, your spirit inhabiting a body, and we're living within this fiction, because it's fiction, what's the point? What's the end game? What's your idea? Well, I don't think there's any end game. I think point. it's all a, the point is expression. I think the point is manifestation. Expression of what? Of whatever mind wants to express. That's what I see as the point. It's not about achieving or getting or claiming. That happens here. But it's more a form of expression. Your spirit just wants to be here and inhabit a body just to express. Yes, but it's not my spirit. It's not my spirit. Yeah, that's what it seems to be doing. Right. All day, every day. Yeah. It's more like an autistic vision instead of another vision. Before I was out there trying to get and take, and now like the, the pursuit of happiness has turned into a leisurely walk because I'm satisfied already. So that opens me up to be available to the present moment because I'm not using this as a springboard to get to a better present moment. I'm totally okay with this one. <laughs> and I find it as a form of expression. That's what it does. All the talks are an expression. I don't study anything. Just come here downloads occur, and it sort of seems, I've been doing a lot of talks over the years, seems that be an infinite well, and it seems to always want to splash out. So, that's what happens. And hopefully, it gets you get a little wet, and then you realize that you've never been dry, that you're drenched already, hopefully. 
That would be my humble hope. And I don't put any stock in it, but if I had a humble hope for you, that's what it would be. Instead of thinking you're dry and trying to have an experience of being wet, only to go back to the state of dryness, you'd realize you're drenched. Yeah? <laughs> and maybe that would sort of spill out on other people. You'd drench them or remind them that they're drenched. You don't have to do it by talk. It's just holding the space. If you're in the certainty of it, it has an influence in people without you intending to influence people. Yeah? Because you're awake, and everyone is, but you're knowing it, in a sense. As a verb, a present tense verb. Not as an event that happened once and that I've... No, it's a verb now. I'm awake now. Yeah? And so are you. It's incessantly on. Yeah. I love it. I'm going to have to pay that some dog bones. Whatever. It's working. It's working. The whole, you see the beauty of it? The choreography. You don't see mind. It's unbelievable. One time I was doing a talk. We were talking with some people at a cafe, and we're talking about you're not a person, this and that, and then the talking head song about, is this my house? Is this my beautiful wife? Perfectly segue into the exact sentence we were saying. You know, I get it. See, that's the magic of it. You see the fingerprints of the unknown on everything. On everything. Everything. It, his, he and she, or she or it is signing every check here. Every freaking check. It's like an anonymous donor that we never realize is going on. And you're, the, you're like the brush for that artist, yeah? That artist that we all are. This is a facilitator of it painting here. And we're a brush, and it's brushing its own little thing, a very unique little swirl through the, through the shape of the brush that you seem to be, yeah? You cannot, you cannot just stop and fall on your knees and be amazed by it all, really. The amount of... of the, the depth and wealth of what's actually appearing in all these appearances, to me, is mind-boggling. Yeah? And then, like we say in AA, God's way of being anonymous is coincidences. You'll, things will happen very coincidentally, constantly. Yeah? You'll see the magic of what's really going on here. Instead of being stuck in this, therefore that, this, therefore that, you know, this, and then it's that's that. <laughs> All is this, that's that. And then, then you find out what can happen. Yeah? It is a trip. Worth being on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, any other questions? I got that question. That's an answer. All right, great. Oh, I want to record it. Yeah. Oh, that was a good one. She's having a change. <laughs> it's got it. The one first, the one person who got it isn't a person. Yeah. How is this? How do you go about handling the everyday things about being human, like the leaky roof? Well, just, if you don't, just like, hand, just if you don't like the mold that's happening and stuff like that, then get up on a ladder and take care it. of the roof. It's sort of like the Course in Miracles has an aspect called level confusion, yeah? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's say someone 
has a leak in its roof or so, someone's house is on fire. And then your idea is to tell them that there is no house and there is no fire. Right. But the, base, the most appropriate answer would be a pail of water. Yeah? Right. So you've got to realize where mind's manifesting at what level. Because it's manifesting in a, in a kaleidoscopic way in the mental states. Yeah? What the, the, the prior state isn't, but the mental states are many, many multitudes and a lot of shades and emotional states. Yes? Yeah. So there's a lot of... And so certain times situations are occurring, those states are, are the dominant players. You've got to have an appropriate response. You can't be holding on to there is no place when the place seems to be on fire you. It's much better to get a pail of water. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So when the level of confusion, you think you get rigid about this, it's like becoming like a Pharisee. Yeah? You know the letter of the law, but you've lost the spirit of the law. Or you see the trees, but you don't get the forest. Yeah? It's missing something. So it's all like a physicist goes to his laboratory, and there's, there's experiments that prove there is no world, yet he's getting pissed off at the newspaper boy who missed his porch on Sunday. You see, it's not translating into here. And this is where the rubber meets the road. Right. There's no value in every in all there is. The value of all there is is where it can seem not to be. This is where it's truly valuable because here we can seem to have forgot it. In it, there's no forgetting it. It's all there is. But here, it seems like it can be forgotten. So it has a huge freaking value here. Mm-hmm. If you remember it, it's going to ease a whole lot of... It's going to be like a bomb for a lot of ailments that you may think have nothing to do with each other, but all root into this point of ignorance. Ignorance about that one idea that you're not this, yeah, that you're taking yourself to be. I'm not saying what you are, because I feel that's a mistake. Because usually people will hear about what they are, but from what they're not. And so the lion message gets translated into sheep. That's what I saw as one of the major mistakes in spiritual practices. In this, when I, this thing started to dawn on me. So it's important to be an ear doctor. Check out how you're hearing it. Is this a message that you're going to get? Well, the message is about you're not that you that's going to get it. That's the message, yeah? To be clear about it and to have meetings to repeat it so some unclearness can be clarified. Yeah? So, like, simply, people come to the talks in the beginning, and we're using this terminology selfing, okay? So they get it. They realize something's driving them crazy. So then they call me up or they email me, and they go, oh, I, I realized I'm selfing. I've been selfing all day. That's not it. The feeling of being the one who's doing the selfing is the product of the selfing. Now you're a singular unit that's the doer, yeah? That's the product. The selfing just facilitates that to occur or not to occur. Yeah? So when someone calls me up and they go, I've been selfing all day, the product, they ha- they're in the product. They feel like they're the one that's been selfing all day. Then they give me another, sh- another slant. Oh, the selfing has been driving me crazy all day. That's also the product. So now they're the object of the selfing. You know, that's where, that's the freedom. It's not from selfing. You don't need freedom from it. It's just a mental activity. What the freedom is from being the idea of being the self. Yeah? The production is going to go on. That's what the brain is doing. It's organizing this whole event and using the sense of self to be the head of the organization. All of this is happening to me. 
to make some freaking sense of this place. Because when you get a hit, and this if this ha- if this sense of self was totally dismissed, its its seeming presence immediately, you'd be rushed by the abstractness of maybe of this place. Could you imagine if you saw what you called your oven and your refrigerator just as light? You'd be like fucking pretty shook up if you had any sense of self there. <laughs> so this idea is if the, the selfing points to an imaginary idea. Yeah? What gives that imaginary, imaginary idea, what it gives it flesh and blood is the mind itself. The mind takes itself to be at, to be what it thinks all of that stuff is pointing to. So every action being claimed, it's pointing to the actor. The mind starts thinking it's the actor. Where does actions stem from? The body. The mind becomes affiliated with the body. Now it forgets its own nature, takes this to be its own nature, and now it's getting screwed by this little step. Yeah? And it wants relief from it, but as it. And then it's doubly screwed. If you see it, the the tiny littlest bit of an example, the mind can expand on it, and you'll get the whole enchilada. That's how powerful mind is. Yeah? You don't need to keep learning. You get to a point where you've had enough, it's primed the pump, now you're in a state of I don't know, and you're going to find out. You're going to find out what's going on. And it's much more convincing than thinking you know. Yeah? That's why in me, I don't listen to anyone else, I don't read much, it's not, this is just what happened, because... I can understand what they're saying pretty quickly, maybe. Yeah? But when, if I try to pass it on, it's tinny. I can hear it. Because it hasn't gotten flesh and blood yet. I want everything to be coming out of this, my own bakery. Yeah? Right out of the oven. I don't want it to be shipped from another oven. Yeah? If it's going to be Entenmann's, it's going to be Entenmann's. Yeah? And I don't want it to be made by someone else with the title Entenmann. Yeah? This is much more convincing because the words is, are just using the conveying a space and energy that you're feeling now. That was the whole point. Don't get caught by the wand. The wand is just making to something. It's in a way, in the, the words are just pointing to something that can't be pointed at. And then, boom, your mind does the rest. Because it is what's being pointed at. And then you'll know it. You get it as an unspoken yes, as an aha. The selfie will try to come in and claim it, and then you go home and tell everyone, I had this incredible experience at this meeting the other night, and now it's a fucking story again. <laughs> That's what it does. You see it steal once, you'll know it's modus operandi. All the, every, other, every other burglary, it can be described by the first scene of stealing. It's the same saying every time. Whatever it comes in contact with, it tries to claim and take advantage of it. So that's it, eh? All right, good. I'm going to turn it off again, make sure. All right. Thank you, everyone.